The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Monday meditation. And thanks for tuning in. So, if you would like to ask some questions, there will be a bit of time uh, at the end set aside, so you can um, ask your questions on the YouTube live chat, and then we'll try to answer them. We'll see, um, depending on how many there are, we might not be able to get through all of them. If this is your first time joining, uh, just to give you a bit of an idea how this usually runs, so we have a short introduction in the beginning um, to, you know, set the scene or give you a little bit of inspiration or information um, for the guided meditation that follows afterwards. The guided meditation is around 45 minutes. So um, just, yeah, for your <laughs> meditation mental budget, so to speak. And then we ring the bell. And then we have the Q&A, as I said. So the guided meditation um, usually is guided for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes in the beginning. And then the rest of the meditation will just be silent. And at the end, um, maybe for the last five minutes, I'll guide you out of the meditation again. So my name is Bhantipuri Dajja. And I've been staying here at Newbury now for almost five and a half months. Uh, but uh, we'll be moving back to Bodhinyana, back to um, Perth on Friday. So this is my last uh, Monday meditation here for um, the Buddhist Society of Victoria at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. So yesterday I was uh, giving a talk uh, about the last two precepts, um, the fourth and the fifth. And um, I couldn't spend that much time on both of them uh, because we had to wrap things up. And when I was talking about truthfulness, about not lying, about speaking the truth and seeing the truth, and also about speech, um, I just indicated that it's also important not to have just right speech, but also to have right listening. Because if we do listen deeply, then we will be speaking less and we will be speaking um, from a place of more clarity and of more wisdom. And listening is such a beautiful word that really encapsulates so many things that are connected to meditation as well. And as this is the meditation, the Monday meditation, we'll be focusing more on that. So the world is maybe unfortunately so, and very heavy with language. It's very weighed down with language or also with a lot of the visual aspects of, um, well, the human beings that are involved in, in, this, in this world. And I had the privilege um, to work with people who were blind uh, or even blind death or death and with uh, handicapped people as well who didn't have language, uh, weren't able to express themselves uh, verbally. So 
that was a very interesting uh, part of my life when um, I decided not to uh, join the army in Switzerland back then. It was uh, compulsory. I mean, it's actually still compulsory today, but um, um, it's easier um, today to do um, social service instead. Back then it was a little bit difficult, but you could still do social service instead of military uh, training uh, for a bit longer. And I had 390 days I could spend uh, in different areas with different people. And usually you do one long service, which is uh, half a year long. And uh, that half a year I spent with disabled people um, living in a, or, or well, they live in a home um, together. Um, some of them for most of the time, the others just during the week, and they go and see their families on the weekend. And we were basically living along um, those people. And they weren't silent, even though they didn't have uh, language to communicate how we usually communicate. But in, able, in order to be able to hear them and to hear them with our hearts, we had to learn to listen deeply with our own hearts. So I realized with uh, lots of those kind of um, engagements that I had, I also went on holidays uh, with uh, different people, as I mentioned before, who had uh, disabilities in, in different areas. And it taught me to listen in a different way, to communicate in a different way, to be with other people in a different way where language um, just isn't there <laughs> on one side and so um, you would still be using language on your side but you are trying to tune in to what is happening uh, in their world and I realized when I was doing that that it kind of shifted especially when I was living along with those people or when, when we were on a camp together for one or two weeks um, it was a really kind of immersive uh, experience uh, where you would switch the way you perceive things, switch the way you listen and you communicate. So I would always say it's like putting out your satellite dishes or your antennas that usually are not used in communicating with other people because, uh, or they are not so prominent and you're not so aware of them. So I'm very grateful for that time that I spent uh, with those beautiful human beings. And through the listening, um, I was able to learn a lot of things. One thing which happens with listening is also, if you remember the time as a child, uh, when you listened to your parents or when you listened to your teachers reading out a story, that's also one of those occasions where we just sit. Sometimes, you know, imagine sit in a, in, a, in a circle around a fire or at a fireplace or even, you know, in the classroom I had, we had a special corner where we would go with a big couch. And because I only had 17 kids in my class, they were all able to kind of sit on that couch <laughs> and listen to the story that I was going to read out. And I wanted to read out part of a story tonight as well. And that story comes from uh, Michael Ende, a German writer. Some of you might know The Never-Ending Story. Uh, Michael Ende has written The Never-Ending Story and it was also made into a, a movie that uh, went around the globe, uh, well, many, many years ago by now. 
And he's also written many other books, but one of the books that uh, uh, he uh, has written and that I really liked back then and dug up and, and read again as a monastic is called Momo. In English, uh, it was a bit hard to track it down, but apparently there is some uh, translations. And one of the translations of that book is not called Momo, but it's called The Grey Gentleman. And just to quickly sum summarize the whole story, it's uh, it's about a young, young girl called Momo, which suddenly kind of appears on the scene and is living in the forest in an old amphitheater. And the same way as she appears, there is also those grey gentlemen that appear and they infiltrate the, the city and their aim is to steal time from the people. So they come in with their um, suitcases and uh, their, their, um, they look very officially with their, official with their ties and they convince people if they save time now that they will have more time later down the track in their lives. But what is actually happening behind the scenes is that those grey gentlemen are stealing the time of the people and the time is signified in the story of a flower that grows in the heart of everybody. And they are stealing the petals of those time flowers and smoking those time, uh, time petals and that's how they can um, survive. And Momo is basically the only person they can't steal the time from and she is the person who, in the end, saves, you know, the whole, um, um, uh, everybody and, and gives them back the time that those great gentlemen have stolen from, from them. Very, very nice story. Um, if you, um, happen to, you know, find it somewhere. I was trying to find the ebook, but it, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, in German, of course, not a problem, I think. But uh, English is a bit harder. But I did uh, track down a translation and I would like to read out to you uh, uh, some extracts from the chapter 2, which is called Listening. So, let's listen. Momo received a stream of visitors. She was almost always to be seen with someone sitting beside her, talking earnestly, and those who needed her but couldn't come themselves would send for her instead. As for those who needed her but hadn't yet realized it, the others used to tell them, why not go and see Momo? In time, these words became a stock phrase with the local inhabitants, just as they said, all the best, or so long, or heaven only knows. So they took to saying on all sorts of occasions, why not go? and see Momo. Was Momo so incredibly bright that she always gave good advice? Or found the right words to console people in need of consolation? Or delivered fair and far-sighted opinions on their problems? No, she was no more capable of that than anyone else of her age. So could she do things that put people in a good mood? Could she sing like a bird or play an instrument? Given that she lived in a kind of circus, could she dance or do acrobatics? No, it wasn't any of these matters. Was she a witch then? Did she know some magic spells that would drive away troubles and cares? Could she read a person's palm or foretell the future in some other way? No, Momo was better at... Uh, oh, sorry, no, Momo was better at... Oh, uh... Ah, uh, oh, there we go. No, Momo was better 
uh, uh, better oh, better at than anyone else. Sorry, that's a funny translation. So, Momo was better at listening than anyone else. Anyone can listen, you may say. What's so special about that? But you be wrong. Very few people know how to listen properly. And Momo's way of listening was quite unique. She listened in a way that made slow-witted people have flashes of inspiration. It wasn't that she actually said anything or asked questions that put such ideas into their heads. She simply sat there and listened with the utmost attention and empathy, gazing at them with her big dark eyes, and they suddenly became aware of ideas whose existence they had never suspected. Momo could listen in such a way that worried and indecisive people knew their own minds from one moment to the next. Or shy people felt suddenly confident and at ease. Or downhearted people felt happy and hopeful. And if someone felt that their life had been an utter failure and that they themselves were only one among millions of wholly unimportant people who could be replaced as easily as, as a broken pot, they would go and pour out their hearts to Momo. And even as they were, uh, as they spoke, they would come to rea realize by some mysterious means that they were absolutely wrong. That there was only one person like themselves in the whole world, and that consequently they mattered to the world in their own particular way. Such was Momo's talent to listen. And then it carries on in the story to explain how she was listening to a bird that never sang. And by listening to the bird, it started singing again. Or that two people came who had an argument and were sitting in the amphitheater, you know, very angry with each other. And just by sitting there and being in their presence with that kindness and that empathy and attention that is mentioned before, they would, you know... Um, come closer and closer and be able to communicate with each other and make peace with each other. And then it carries on. Momo listened to everyone and everything. To dogs and cats, crickets and toads, even to the rain and the wind in the pine trees. And all of them spoke to her in their own fashion. Many were the evenings when after her friends had gone home, she would sit by herself in the middle of the old stone amphitheater, with the sky's starry vault overhead, and simply listen to the great silence around her. Whenever she did this, she felt she was sitting at the center of a giant ear, listening to the world of the stars. And she seemed to hear soft but majestic music that touched her heart in the strangest way. One night, or on nights like these, she always had the most beautiful dreams. Those who still think that listening isn't an art should see if they can do it half as well. Oh, a little bit of inspiration for you there for the meditation, which is basically listening deeply with our hearts. So let's see if we can 
listen like Momo, with our hearts, to our bodies and minds, to our mysterious existence with curiosity and care, to our breathing, to nature, to life, to silence, tuning into the present moment and the mystery of being present, listening deeply with the heart. Okay, if you wish to get ready, if you're not already for meditation, please get your body in a comfortable position. In a place where you feel comfortable and at ease. And then allow your eyes to shut. Or if you want to keep them open slightly, that's okay as well. Whatever feels alright. But in meditation, and in order to listen, we let go of the visual world. We let go of the verbal world. But we remain open. We remain receiving and listening. And as you are settling into your body and into the present moment, See if you can tune into what is happening in your body and in your mind. Not thinking about what is happening or talking about what is happening. But listening to what is happening. If it is helpful, you can imagine you are Momo. with her silent presence, her big, kind, but curious eyes. Listening to you.
and in the beginning of the meditation. We usually start with the body. And as we listen with kindness, that's all that is really required for the body to become relaxed and at ease. Another way to give attention and kindness to your body is by scanning through the body part by part. And one way I like to do this is just imagining that I have a slow motion shower. I'm showering my body with kindness and awareness. From the top of the head moving as the water would be moving when we're taking a shower. but in slow motion so we can follow it. Across the whole head, the back and the sides of the head, the front and the face, Maybe you can feel the gentle, warm water moving across your neck, And also your shoulders, 
and down your arms. And as you are going through your body like this, just listen deeply with your heart to that specific part of the body. Going past your elbows, And down the front and the backs of your lower arms. To your wrists. The palms and also the backs of your hands. All the way into your fingertips. Tuning into and listening deeply to your hands. And see if you can feel the warm water of kindness and attention. Move down your back. Over the shoulder blades. Down the spine. Slowly, slowly spreading towards the middle of the back. The lower part of your back. And your hips. Tuning into what is happening here. Listening. 
receiving. Just being with. And then feel your kind attention moving down the front of your body. Down, down the area of the chest. Into the belly. And down to the front part of the hips. Carrying on, spilling over into the thighs, the back and the front. Listening with curiosity and care. Maybe even feeling a bit of tingling and warmth. Relaxation and ease. As we are moving to the knees. And the lower parts of the legs. calves, the shins, 
tuning into the ankles. and the soles of the feet. Communicating with kindness, but mainly receiving, listening. Tuning into, as it were, humming along with their song. Their energy. Their And by now you can hopefully just feel this cloud of sensations which is your body. Listening to it all at once. Being with it as one whole thing. Energy. Vibration. A symphony, a song. of sensations. Realizing there is no insight there is no outside. There is no tune. There is no listening to the tune.
is only music. A play of different things coming together, tuning into each other. melting into each other. and applying the same principles to the world of emotions, feelings, visions, colors and shapes. Applying the same principle to the movement of the breath. The melody, the rhythm, the music of the breath. No inside, no outside. No listening, no music. Only song. fullness, but an emptiness at the same time, sound, but also silence.
as we tune in and become one more and more deeply. For the remainder in silence of this meditation.
as you were silent and listening. Were you able to hear the song of life? Were you able to tune into the song of life? Were you able to be carried, be part, and not apart from the song of life? How did that feel? How does it still feel now? Let's now imagine together that we are Momo sitting in the big amphitheater, which is like an ear receiving the whole world. Receiving the song of the world out there. The sorrows, the joys, all the beings, all the energies in the universe. Let's radiate our kindness and our attention to all the beings who are meditating with us right now. To all the beings who make it possible that each and every one of us can play our part as part of a huge orchestra. All coming together, listening to each other, tuning into each other's song. and merging to one big global universal song. With all the beings out there, wherever they might be now, whatever they might be going through, 
sorrows or joys, or just neutrality. I'll be using the singing bowl and the sound of the singing bowl to bring us gently, softly and slowly out of the meditation we had together tonight. Give yourself time to tune in to your surroundings again. Coming back into your bodies, into your senses. And the world around you. Welcome back on the other side of the meditation. And either people were listening so deeply or we had a complete <laughs> technical problem or whatever. <laughs> so it just went quiet. Ah, okay, so there is some movement out there <laughs> in the virtual world. Dear Bundy. I have a question. Is it possible to change the habits of the mind with other tools than meditation? For example, acting differently in certain situations? Yes, I mean, when we talk about meditation, very often people just think of meditation as being sitting silently. And from what you've maybe experienced a little bit tonight, if you were able to tune in, there's so much more going on here. And whatever we do to be able to deeply listen to what is going on around us and what is happening within us, so developing that mindfulness that we were talking about yesterday, this still open awareness and kindness of what is actually going on, then we gain clarity, we gain understanding, 
and we see which conditions are coming together and how they're playing out and how they can be tweaked, how when there is different conditions, different results come about. And that is a process that happens in meditation, but also outside of meditation. It's almost like when I was working with um, the disabled people, with the disabled people, yes, in that um, that home. It's about feeling what is happening within yourself, where you're, you are coming from, what your story is, what your conditioning is. And being open and listening to what their conditioning is, where they are coming from. And then tuning into each other's story and creating, as I was saying before, this beautiful song. Which is not coming from one side only. In uh, acting, we sometimes do you know, different exercises. And one of the exercises we sometimes do is we stand opposite each other and we mirror each other. And you can do that in a way that one person is actually guiding and one person is making the movements and the other person is just copying the movements. But one beautiful part of doing that exercise is when you instruct the two people or even three people or four people, you know, you can do it in a bigger group, um, to not be guiding each other entirely. So it's not certain anymore who the person is who is guiding the movement and who the person is following the movement. So you are moving along each other. You're like improvising a, per a piece of music together, listening and playing at the same time. And uh, yeah, if you try that out as an exercise, it's something very, very interesting. You think it's not going to work, <laughs> but it does. If both parties are able to listen to each other, are able to um, join that flow and not push their own ideas onto the other person, uh, not have this one-way street or monologue happening, but having this dialogue, this um, duet, we say in German, uh, I don't know what it's called in, in, in English when people are singing together. Um, yeah, so maybe that offers you a bit of um, inside and understanding uh, what we are doing here. So even being out in life, being in a conversation with other people, working with other people, working with yourself, sitting in your hut by yourself, being in nature, whatever it is, you can do that in a med meditative way, in a way of uh, being part of what's happening within you and around you. I hope that gives you a bit of... Uh, reflect uh, time to reflect on and I, I realized when I was doing the meditation that it was a bit Zen today <laughs> but what happens with Zen uh, with um, like koans is that they ask you to listen in a way you have never listened before with language we're so used to how the conversation goes what you're going to answer if someone asks you a certain question but with a koan, you're kind of thrown off this way of thinking about things and communicating even. Like I was thrown off my way of communicating with other people when I encountered people that just couldn't communicate in the norm normal way, whatever normal means. Yeah, and being open for that and uh, 
being flex flexible enough to to basically play along to flow along to be with whatever comes from the inside and the outside and then it merges at some point and you don't know what's inside and what's outside anymore okay we have more <laughs> thank you vanday the next question could you please suggest the books to understand the theory parts of dhamma oh. and practicing dhamma <laughs> yes so in every religion we do have certain books uh, but all those books they're pointing to something much much more deeper and i think Ajahn Chah was asked one time as well what the book of Buddhism is. And he said, the book of Buddhism is your heart. <laughs> and the book or the, the song of Buddhism is the song of life, is the song of silence, is the song of listening, receiving, contributing. <laughs> I know I'm just harping on the same theme here. <laughs> but knowledge is not the same as wisdom as understanding from experience so you can learn some things from the textbooks how to for example communicate with um, disabled people how to live with disabled people but there comes a point where you have to throw that all out the window and just be in the present moment with those beings with the being that you are and with the being that other people are and then just uh, see see where it goes. When you're improvising with a group, you will have certain corner, cornerstones, certain agreements, how you play music together. So that is important. So if we have books that can give us the groundwork there, that can teach us about the precepts about sila, for example, that can give us some tools how to live in the world, how to be in the world. But then there comes a point where you utilize those things, where you use them, where you are basically living them. And then you have to let go of all these things. Then you are not reading the book anymore. Then you're writing your own book. You're writing the story of humanity. You're part of the story of humanity. So it's so many things that come together. And uh, it's a symphony. The next question, what to do when people tell lies? <laughs> uh, what to do when people tell lies? Uh, it's sometimes very difficult to know. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes it's, it's obvious that something is a lie or something is not um, stated truthfully. But try to listen beyond the lie. Try to listen beyond what a person is saying. Try to hear where they're coming from. Try to understand what is happening there. So that example that I used during my talk yesterday where uh, someone was telling me, you know, uh, that they couldn't get in contact with me. And if I just listened to the words that they wrote, I could say, this is wrong. This is a lie. This is not correct. But if I try to listen beyond that and understand where the person is coming from, where the truth is in that conversation, and the truth in that conversation from, as I tried to explain it yesterday, was that there was just so much stuff going on in that person's life 
that that person's wife um, was in hospital for whatever reason, that they were in a difficult situation, and that, you know, that job that we were basically asking them to do was just too much. And the message that was coming across was, uh, I'm, I'm not available right now, there's too much going on. <laughs> Uh, that's noise that is coming through and that that was kind of the message that was passed back so instead of thinking of the person lying try to dig for the truth uh, in whatever is happening and as I was trying to explain yesterday as well try to connect with that person um, rather than with the language and with the words that are coming from that person and when you truthfully yourself authentically connect to that other person without hiding behind language so much i mean language is important <laughs> it's a vehicle and we, we we use it we try not to abuse it but then again a conversation can can happen and if you through truthfulness from your own side invite the other person to have a conversation with you to be able to open up, to not have to lie, to not have to pretend, to be able to be themselves, to be able to be authentic, because you're showing that authenticity from your side. You're inviting them to play along with you in that song. You're inviting them to be part of that concert, um, <laughs> of that concert of that conversation or of that concert of connecting with each other, being with each other then, uh, yeah, this not being truthful, this lie, this pretending can fade away into the background and give way to something much more beautiful and uh, much more true, real and truthful. I hope that helps. All right. Very good. So it seems like we have reach the end in terms of questions so thanks a lot for asking questions for listening for tuning in for uh, yeah allowing us to be together in this uh, virtual space uh, now for the people who have joined live but of course also for the people who will be joining in the future and listening to this on uh, youtube so um, i wish you all well wherever you might be, wherever you are when you're listening to this on your journey. I'll be journeying back to um, Western Australia, but uh, when people come and say goodbye to me, very often I say, look, we are all on a journey. So I wish you a pleasant journey as well. We are on the journey of life. We are on the journey together and we, we meet and we part and we meet again. That's uh, what life is until we ride off into the sunset <laughs> and merge into the song of life where we are no individual note anymore, where the self, where the clinging to the self disappears. Okay, I leave you with that. Have a good night and bye-bye.